1: to turn on the Shark Spotlight.
0: Today, our spotlight is on Shark's right-winger, Kevin LeBanc, who's had some big moments in his young NHL career, all in a Shark's uniform. We began our chat by talking about Kevin's family background, which, with a name like LeBanc, isn't exactly what you expect.
1: Yeah, so my parents, they were born in Czechoslovakia, or when it was Czechoslovakia, and uh, when they split, it was uh, Slovakians, and they are you know considered Slovakian so yeah you know my dad he grew up playing the game and you know he, he loved it and you know if, uh, when you're a kid you know you just kind of start playing with your dad on the street and then you start playing roller hockey and then you start playing on the ice and then you know he, he kind of uh, gave me that passion for the game so and my uh, mom she she, her family, her family's is a big hockey family too. I mean, uh, they always watch it and, you know, they're always, you know, cheering me on whenever, uh, whenever I'm playing out here or whenever they can catch a game out in the East coast, you know, they always come out and, you know, uh, they're very proud of, uh, everything that, you know, I've done and everything that, you know, I've achieved in this sport. So it's, uh. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's nice to reminisce, you know, they uh, came from a small country and then moved to, you know, uh, Brooklyn, New York, and ended up landing in Staten Island. And, you know, next thing you know, uh, <laughs> I'm out here in California uh, 18 years later. So, I mean, uh, it's pretty surreal for them. And, you know, they're just so, so happy uh, for where I am right now.
0: One thing that usually comes up is the pronunciation of your last name. Why don't you go through that correctly for us?
1: Believe it or not, uh, like, but my dad actually had to tell me this, too. Like, so, uh, the way to pronounce my name properly is Laban. That's the way you pronounce it in Sabaccan, is Laban. So, I mean, you can tell, like, just by the way it's written, it's kind of hard to found it out like that. So, you know, people just started calling me LaBank bank and it, it kind of stuck with me ever since. And now I got all these new nicknames, banker, bank city, and, you know, the list just goes on. So, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened like that. And, you know, and uh, it, it doesn't uh, bother me and doesn't bother my parents. We, we, We like the way the people pronounce the so it sounds uh, pretty cool and it's uh, it's a good uh, pronounce my name.
0: I'd imagine that once you decided to play junior hockey in Ontario, there might have been a few people that thought that your last name was French. Any truth to that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I it sounds like a very French-Canadian name and, you know, a a lot of people thought I was French-Canadian, but I mean, uh, now it's just... uh, Slovakian, and it's, it's yeah, it's just the way it is, and, you know, I I always get that question asked a lot whenever I'm uh, in Canada, and, you know, everyone, everyone, (laughs) I get a bunch of messages on Twitter and Instagram saying, hey, I think you're my cousin, (laughs) yeah, Uh, I don't think uh, I have any descendants from Canada, sorry, (laughs) but, I mean, we share a pretty cool last name together, so, yeah.
0: What was it like growing up in Staten Island?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just the city life, I guess. Uh, you know, it's a lot different than San Jose. You know, it's uh, constantly uh, on the run, and you know, just uh, the pace of life is just so much faster out there. And then, you know, compared to San Jose, you know, it's just a lot slower, calmer. You know, not as many people honking the horn on the freeway. So that uh, that's, uh pretty nice. But yeah, I mean, uh, I started uh, playing hockey when I was. I probably started skating when I was two and then started playing uh, when I was five in a uh, a travel team. And then, and then, you know, it kind of just grew and then I started playing in New Jersey. And then from Jersey, I went to Michigan and then from Michigan, I went up to Canada to play there for three years. And then from Canada, I came to San Jose and then, you know, I've been here ever since. So, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, all the, you know, different parts of the country and world that hockey's taken me to, and it's, it's really, you know, awesome experience, everything that hockey has given me in life, and, you know, I, I, I'm so lucky to be playing a sport that I love, and uh, that allows me to do everything that, you know, um, that I have been doing, so I'm uh, very fortunate, and Very blessed to be playing the game that I
0: love. Learning how to play hockey within the five boroughs of New York City has got to be a little bit of a different experience than growing up in Boston or Connecticut or Minnesota. I remember Nick Fatio, who was also from Staten Island, used to carry a hatchet with him when he took the subway to Astoria to go play hockey when he was growing up. What was your experience like?
1: I don't think I had it as rough as him. I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely isn't easy. I mean, uh, you know, hockey hockey hockey's pretty big in the east coast though you know there's a lot of club teams all over and you know the travel isn't as bad I hear like the junior sharks in San Jose they gotta you know travel all the way up to LA and then they gotta go to you know Vegas for a bunch of tournaments and stuff like that so I you know uh, I I feel pretty lucky to say that you know we we didn't have to do that because if that were the case you know I don't think my parents could could ever uh, afford it but I'm, uh, yeah, it was, it, we, we just drove on it. We put so many miles on, uh, on that Honda pilot, Oh, six Honda pilot. I'll, I'll never forget it. And, you know, it, it seemed like we, every, every, uh, practice, you know, it was uh hour, hour and a half, depending on traffic. And, you know, it, it, it's uh it's a long journey and, it, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to my parents, my mom, dad, you know, for driving me out every, every practice so you know i was very fortunate and you know they did an awesome job of that and you know taking me to all the games and practices and you know about it with well when my dad drove you know i was always on time but with my mom you know i think i was always a little bit late but she still got me there so that's that's all that counts (laughs) what does your dad milan do for a living so my dad he uh works at a construction company in manhattan so he travels to work every day and, you know, he's uh, one of the hardest workers I know. I mean, I just see him when I, whenever I go back home, you know, I hear him uh, leaving the house around four in the morning, you know, an hour and a half commute to get into the city and, uh, you know, then work from nine to five. So it's, uh, you know, it's incredible, but, you know, he, he doesn't complain. He just, you know, puts the work in and, you know, he uh, he he did it for my sister and I and my mother and you know they're they're very hardworking so you kind of get that uh, work ethic in you from a young age and it, it's good so and my mom the same way you know she works in a doctor's office and uh, she does so much for patients and you know she was a frontline worker during the height of COVID so you know she 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 has a lot of work ethic in her as well. You know, my sister and I, we kind of get that work ethic and that, you know, that just never-ending, you know, work, you know, every single day.
0: What does your sister do for a living?
1: Yeah, she works in the city, too. She's an accountant, so she's no stranger to working and, you know, putting in the time in the office. She went to college in uh, Penn State University, Uh, so she and you know, she, she worked her butt off, you know, and, you know, got the good grades and made sure that she came into class, did her homework and, you know, and she is where she is now because of it. So, yeah, I mean, then, you know, it all, it all sound, starts with a good foundation and, you know, my parents really kind of pushing us to always be better and working hard. The first time that you realized that you were good was when? I don't know. I feel like uh, whatever age you're at, you always think you're good, but then, uh, the competition just gets harder and harder. So you, you just got to put that much more time and work in. And, you know, when I was like, uh, I, I don't even know, maybe like 13 or 14 years old, I would start training with my uh, trainer, Tony Sams in uh, New Jersey. I trained with him six days a week, you know? And, wow. you know, yeah. So we, we put in a lot of hours and like two hours in the gym and I was just this, you know, experience on a kid and you know we're lifting weights and you know putting in that time and working and you know that that's when things really started to get serious for me and I'd say you know after that you know you're good but being good isn't good enough it's being consistently good over the course of the next 10 20 30 years you know that's that's the hard part of the game and you know consistently being good and consistently working hard that's uh that's the hardest part of the game and you know when you do that that's when you make it into the nhl and that's when you're going to have a successful career
0: you're listening to the shark spotlight on the san jose sharks audio network kevin the is joining us in the shark spotlight today Kevin, the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament is one of those events that seems to be connected to a lot of NHL players. What's your experience from that time?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's such a fun tournament. You know, uh, you kind of, at that age, uh, I I believe you're 12 years old, and you're kind of just playing uh, teams from uh, within your district, within your uh, county, and, you know, and that was the first tournament that I think, you played teams from all over the country and all over the world, and you get a good perspective on all the great and incredible players and you know you just kind of find out wow there's. A, a whole crop of players out there that are really good, and you know you just gotta keep working hard and keep on going but. It was such a fun tournament, too. I mean, I, I've never been in Quebec, and, you know, uh, being with all the guys, uh, we technically lost in the second round, but it, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, we we got to play against uh, Team Slovakia, and uh, that was a really cool experience for me. My mom, she came out, you know, trading the pins with all these different teams. And, you know, actually a lot of the players I ended up playing against as well, and we kind of had that connection uh, from the peewee uh, tournament, so... It was so much fun, and you know, I, you know, those are some good days uh, when I was younger, and that was a lot of fun.
0: And is that the place where you first got noticed by the U.S. National Team Development Program? Yeah,
1: so I, huh, funny story, I I picked up the last spot, so I guess one of the players they decided to play somewhere else, and that kind of left an open roster spot for me, but time, you know, there, there's just a bunch of players, and I had a really good year, and then, uh, because usually the way they pick that uh, national team development program, they pick it, uh, all those players from a, from a camp, it's called the uh, top 40, I believe, and I, I was never invited, but if you're invited to that camp, they usually pick out the top 20 players from that team to play for the national team development program, and uh, you know, one of the players they bowed out and next thing you know, they left their roster spot open and I had played in this, uh, USA hockey, uh, festivals camp up in, uh, Rochester. And, you know, I had a really good camp and, you know, saw me that, uh, you know, they saw interest. And next thing you know, uh, they offered me uh, the last roster spot and I, and I took it and it was incredible. You know, I got to be there for two years and made so many memories and played in world championships, uh, the u18 world championships so i played in sochi where they uh actually held the olympics that one year so that was really cool and you know just the camaraderie that you make with all those guys you're working out every single day and skating every single that's when that's when i'd say things really took a turn in uh, my hockey career that's when i was started skating six days a week and working out six days a week and you know the amount of time and effort that they invest into that program and into each player it's you know incredible you like i think my days were wake up six in the morning go to school leave school by two and then go you got uh uh, skating treadmill that you got and then you do uh on ice power skating then you got practice and then you got uh power skating at the end of practice and then you got a workout and you're home by like five or six and next thing you know you gotta do homework so and get uh get caught up with all your classes but yeah it was uh it's incredible and you know uh, you know it's so fun uh to talk about with uh guys that you play against in the NHL you know you just kind of reminisce on the good old days and all lot time and work that you put in it uh, creates that camaraderie and you know brings back those brings you back to the good old days so it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun uh, playing for representing USA on international uh, tournaments.
0: There are obviously a number of guys that you played with on that team that made it to the NHL. Jack Eichel's one of them, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jack was uh, on our team that year too. He was actually the the younger guy, and uh, he he's you know just, he's an incredible player, and you know. This, it's just everything. I mean, the speed, the strength, the skill at, at that age. And, you know, he immediately came up, started playing with uh, the older guys. And, you know, you can see that he was special. But, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. And, uh, you know, he he was one of the players that played with us uh, on uh, NTDP. And it was a lot of fun watching him play back then. And it's a lot of fun play, <laughs> playing against them. <laughs> Maybe not so much uh, when you're playing against them. But, uh, you know... It's uh, fun watching him play, that's for sure.
0: You were recruited by a number of college hockey programs and very nearly went to one. How did you decide to go to the Barry Colts instead?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a tough decision, you know. You're, you're just kind of stuck between. Going, it, they're both incredible programs. I mean, going to the OHL, you know, you play with guys that have played in the NHL and that kind of know know what it takes to be there and in college you get a great education and you know you work out and you know by the time you're done with college you're, you're going to be ready for the nhl so you know it was a, it was a topic you know discussed with my parents we, we weren't sure what to do but i'd say that uh one thing that really moved me into the decision that i you know went towards the ohl was uh I, i'd say dale howard you know, he was the coach of the Barry Colts, and I was fortunate enough to play for him. And then, you know, uh, rest his soul, he's uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. And, and you know, he's he was just an incredible coach, and you know, he's a Hall of Famer, and just knew the X's and O's, and knew what it took to play in the NHL, and he knew uh, the skill too. I mean, he really taught you so much. And you know, when you're when you're tired, you know, it's just kind of mind over matter, and you got to figure out a way to you know, get the job done and uh, score a goal or, you know, win a game. So I really appreciated my time in Barry, And, uh, you know, it was incredible, too, because I played with some great players in uh, Barry. I played with Aaron Akwada, Andres, there's been, like, the list goes on. And, you know, and we had a really good team. And it was a fun group of guys. And... Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun playing over there, but I, I'd say the thing that made me want to go there was uh, Dale's influence.
0: Don't you think, too, that it's a real morale boost to get a guy like Dale Chuck to show belief in you and make you feel confident that you can play at a high level?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it, and you knew that he's willing to work with you, too. You know, he's not going to give up on you. He's going to try and push you to become a better player and you know we that's what really helped my career career I think uh that's when you know he he was a player's coach and he kind of let you do what you want in the offensive zone and you know but once when it came to the D zone you know he said you know you better make sure that you're not turning the puck over and you're you're back checking hard and all that stuff because you know in the NHL that's not the way uh, things work so it was a learning curve, and it was a good stepping stone into where, where I am today. So after your
0: first year with the Barry Colts, when you had 35 points, you had a few playoff games, the Sharks drafted you in the sixth round. Tell us about your draft experience.
1: It was my mom, my dad, my sister, and my cousin. We, the draft was in Philadelphia. You know, I, we didn't really have any expectations, but, you know, we still wanted to go. It would have been a good experience for us, and... I ended up getting drafted to San Jose Sharks in six rounds so I mean uh, it's definitely a little bit of a wait but it was worth it I mean just the whole experience you know that's uh, every kid's dream is to get drafted by the NHL team and you know that's that's kind of where where the work I mean where just all the work started to pile up and you know Getting drafted, you know, it's a great experience. It's incredible, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean everything. You know, there's still so many great players out there, and great players who haven't gotten drafted, you know, like uh, Barkley Goodrill. He was never drafted by the San Jose Sharks, but he signed as a free agent. And, you know, he won a Stanley Cup fight, you know, with uh, Tampa. So, incredible players. So, you knew that you constantly have to be competitive and always uh, be hungry uh, to want more.
0: Who were your line mates in Barry?
1: Uh, so I played with uh, Andrew Manjapani. I played with him a lot for, for a lot. I'd, I'd say for the whole three years we were line mates. And then uh, Joe Blendizi and Brendan Lemieux, Justin Scott. And I'd say those were the guys that we played with. And, you know, it was just fun. You know, once when you you're a uh, young kid, you know, you just hang out with the guys. Once you get to the NHL, everyone's got a wife, kid, and you know, you guys—it's hard to hang out as much because their schedules are so busy. So, but in the OHL, you know, we're just all hanging out together and you know, watching uh, hockey games and just uh, having fun and being kids. So you just played the uh, played the game and you loved it, and it's definitely different, but uh, fun.
0: Would you say that that experience is sort of similar to what the guys on the San Jose Barracuda do? Because when you played there, obviously you were hanging out together with a bunch of guys your own age.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say it's similar. I mean, uh, every AHL team has uh, has a different group of guys. Some have older, some you know have uh, older guys who've been in the AHL for a little bit longer. Some have uh, you know younger AHL guys who you know just room room together. You have uh, get a three bedroom, three bathroom apartment and you guys are just hanging out together all day, playing Xbox, and you know, trying to cook each other bad meals all day. But I mean, uh, it, it's fun.
0: Of course, when you're playing in the AHL, you're now playing hockey for a living rather than just for fun. And I know that that's got to be a big change. Is it much of an adjustment to do that?
1: Yeah, you you always keep that sense of uh, love and joy, but at the same time, you you know that you got to put in uh, not much more work, time, work, and effort. And because, you know, uh, just like any other job, you can get fired and, you know, you, you never want that to happen. So, you know, when I first came to San Jose, I was rooming with me, Timo and Nikita Yeslov And, you know, it was fun. It was, it was fun. Just uh, us three guys in the same apartment, you know, and just, you know, we didn't have, uh, you know, any uh, girlfriends or wives or kids, you know. So it, it's uh, it was it was a lot of fun and, you know, just kind of hanging out together with the boys all the time. You know, it was uh, good memories.
0: Roy Sommer has been the AHL coach for the Sharks for a couple of decades, and he's got more wins than any other coach in the history of the American Hockey League. What's it like playing for him?
1: <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I mean, uh, he's a great coach. He's been in the AHL for so long. And, you know, just when you have that experience, you know, you, You kind of know the way things work. You know what it takes. Like, he's seen so many players go up and down, and he knows what you have to do in order to stay. He knows what you have to do in order to improve your game so you get called back up, and uh, he's a great coach, and he's so much fun to play for. I mean, you know, he's not like your typical uh, strict coach where you got to do this, do that. He's not by the book. You know, you can have a conversation with him and uh, just enjoy enjoy it you know it's uh it's not all business and but once when you get step into the rink and you're practicing it's all business
0: game seven vegas golden knights 2019 the pinnacle of your career so far just give us an idea of what was going on through your mind and the minds of your teammates when you had that five minute major and you came back and you won that game
1: um if, uh, i <laughs> If there's ever a time machine I'm I'm going back to that time and I'm by myself picking and reliving that moment. But <laughs> I mean, uh yeah, it it was just incredible. I, you know you, you just kinda you know, like you said, we we're down three one in the series and you know, we come back and you know, it, it was just uh you, you fought for every inch in that series and they they were a good team, you know, and you know, I just flurried, like, you know, you just got to really tip your hat because I feel like he was just saving the pocket And, you know, he wasn't really giving us much, you know. He didn't really give us anything. But, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we were down 3 nothing, And, you know, guys are just, you know, guys are down. You know, you just feel like you, you let down the, your team. You feel like you let down the organization. We had a really good team, too. You know, we had a lot of great players, you know, from going from line one to line four, just so much depth. And you know, we, you know, it's, the game's going on, and then you know, it's three nothing, and then next thing you know, like we see pads just fall, and we see it's a bad hit. We're just like, geez, like, you know, Jumbo's the first one to yell, like, hey, we do this for him, you know, and he he's screaming at us, like, we do this for him, and you know. So we, we get that five minute power play and, you know, we, we score just right off the bat, right. It was like eight seconds or something like that. And I, like as soon as we scored that first goal, I I knew that we had a chance to come back because, you know, as soon as you get one and you still have four minutes and 50 seconds, you know, there, there's always a chance to score two, three more. And then next thing you know, uh, scores the first one. I think Tommy scores the second one. Then two scores the third one. Or, and then I score the fourth goal. And it was just incredible. Like just whole tank just erupted. I've never been in a building that loud in my life. And you know that that's you you play the game of hockey for moments of, like that. And to play a big part in that Moment, you know, that's something that you'll take with you for the rest of your life, and you know, it's also an incredible experience, you know, uh to have under your belt as well. And you know, you, you kind of take it with you, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just something that will uh, stay with you for the rest of your life. And you know, I mean, I, I still have family I mean, talking about uh, that game to this day, you know, just always. Uh, getting chills whenever they bring it up, and yeah, it was just a lot of fun, and that was like the funnest hockey I've ever been in. I mean, there's nothing like a Game 7 comeback like that, especially in that fashion, and you know, playing against the Knights, I feel like, you know, they've only been, they were only in the league for two years, but we were rivals right from the get-go. I mean, they they knocked us out the first year, and then, you know, we knocked them out uh second year in that type of fashion, and then Next thing you know, Pete, Pete <laughs> gets taken, Pete DeBoer, our coach, gets picked up by them. So, I mean, yeah, the, that's always going to be a rivalry, and that's always going to be a fun story to tell.
0: You ended up going to the conference final that season, and you've had a lot of amazing experiences since then. How do you bring that all to the present day?
1: You just have to, you know, really take in what it took. get to that to get to that spot you know and you know regular season hockey it's so different from playoff hockey you know regular season you know you you kind of make mistakes and you, you kind of think all right you know we'll get them tomorrow but in playoff hockey it's best of seven and there's no going back you know every detail matters so I think the biggest thing is, you know, just we got to be good defensively and make sure that our detail is second to none because the lost detail is a lost game. And, you know, over the course of the 82 games, you know, you got to really prepare yourself for that last stretch of the Stanley Cup playoffs because every team will be at their best and every team is giving it their all. And you have to make sure that everybody's going to be dialed in and on the same page because you know you make one mistake, you know it could lead to you being knocked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, and at the same time, you have to be you know calm under pressure. You know if you're you're down a goal or you're up a goal, you know just stay calm and just keep with the structure. Don't lose your uh, you know, Don't lose your head and make sure that you're calm, cool, and collective and make sure that you're always uh, positive so that we can uh, always, uh, you know, just keep getting better and uh, win ourselves the game and win ourselves the cup because that's the ultimate goal.
0: Kevin LeBanc has already been through a lot in his NHL career, but that one goal of capturing a Stanley Cup is what drives him each and every day. Our thanks to Kevin for joining us in the Shark Spotlight. I'm Dan Rusinowski. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.